0: On today's episode of How Do You Hustle, we speak to Maria Thetil. She was Miss Universe in 2020. She's a TV presenter, host, columnist, and author. I think Maria is such a great role model for young women. She stands by her values proudly and loudly, and I just really enjoyed talking to her it was an absolute pleasure so here it is I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording the Yugambeh people and paying respects to elders past present and emerging so today on how do you hustle we're joined by Maria Thetil she's a media personality author and former Miss Universe how are you today
1: I'm feeling really good. and very excited to chat to you. Yeah, I'm really
0: excited to have you too. Tell us about how you first started out in the early days of your career.
1: Well, my career, it's pretty expansive. So technically speaking, it started off in retail. Cool. And I really like to honor that because, um, you know, when I was in high school, in uni, I worked in retail in you know fashion retail and then beauty retail and the experience that I got working in a kiosk doing customer service you know sales like literally in the middle of a shopping center talking to people like you learn so much you know how to quickly build relationships how to understand your customers like how to how to relate to people and those are skills that I still have in my career now within mainstream media Um, but I guess you know I finished uh, uni, I studied psychology and management, I was working in corporate HR and whilst I was finishing up my master's and I was, you know, starting to move into HR, I also did a makeup qualification. Social media was sort of just popping off and I started by, you know, just sharing beauty content that I loved and navigating that space and every time I'd share a post, I, I really, I, I felt very passionately about diversity and inclusion. I always have um, because that's my lived experience, right? As as a person of color, as someone who's closeted, um, I've always cared about it, and so I wanted to share my thoughts on socials. And the more I did it, the more it started to build community. So I guess within media, you can say I sort of started off by being a bit of a like an Instagrammer or mm. sharing content or a blogger, you know, if you will. And then I decided to apply to Miss Universe Australia, and I think that's when it really kicked off. Because once I won, and I did it on a campaign of inclusivity. Um, campaigning and speaking up about social and political issues people started to see me as someone who could and I put it out there to my team I did so much stuff for free at the start pitching articles writing them spending hours on it sometimes they'd never get picked up but I wanted to be heard and it was kind of like a snowball effect and I talk about it in my book Unbounded but you know the way I got into television is after Miss Universe um, I didn't even get a a TV interview when I won like no one really cared it's not a big pageant country mm. but I started speaking up on socials and um, about things that mattered to me like the fact that I did face racism when I won so I would get on Instagram and treat that like that's a TV interview and I would talk passionately about what I care about and I did that so regularly that eventually I did get a TV interview I treated that like a job interview I did my best and it led to the next thing the next thing the next thing Eventually, I was offered a TV show, a panelist gig, and now I started guest hosting on the project. And it's because I, I guess every time I get these opportunities, I don't take it for granted. I think it all adds to your big, you know, virtual digital resume. And I, I'm just vocal about what I want. And I work really hard to get it. And With columns and, and writing a book, that started off by writing captions on Instagram that moved people. And then eventually, you know, Nine Honey wanted me to write for them columns. I started doing that penguins or the columns they were like we want you to write a book so it's just you just start doing and I think my career the thing that has really been you know burned in my brain that I want to share with anyone who's listening is you have to start doing and don't wait for someone to give you resources or for things to be perfect use what you have yeah and then you iterate and make refinements then the more that you get but I really feel if you're putting things out there with what you have people will start seeing what you're doing, and, and you will magnetize resources. It happens. So that proved true in my career. And I think that's how I started to break into media. And now i here.
0: I love that. And I love what you say about doing, because that's something that strikes me. Sometimes when I talk to people, they say, oh, you know, oh, you're so lucky that happened to you, you know, certain achievements I've had. And I'm like, it's not luck. It's, it's hard work. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss when they're starting out is that it does take like doing, starting, like you have to have that level of drive and determination to be able to, um, I guess, keep going when it's not all just being handed to you. And it, it does take time to build and grow.
1: So I really look. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And can I just say on that yeah. point, like I've heard that too, where um, mm. I know that I, and I've heard people sort of feed it back to me where they've talked to someone who said, oh, but she got really lucky she won Miss Universe Australia or she's just, she, you know, it was luck. She was a diversity pick. Like I've literally heard so many yeah. comments like this, I can't even tell you. And one thing I really firmly believe is, one, it is not your business what other people think about no. you. Two, unless you are, and it, am I allowed to say. Yeah, this podcast? go for it. <laughs> unless you are feeding me. Fucking me or financing me in any way, I don't care what you think. And you have to have that attitude like because that. there are gonna be a lot of people where, you know, for whatever reason, um whether it's to make themselves feel better about the position that they're in or to just sort of make your life more palatable to them or whatever it is, like people might not understand you and they might genuinely think things were handed to you, but you can't focus on what other people's perceptions are. I think you just gotta stay focused on creating opportunities for yourself and so what you said about you know you're so lucky um people have said that mm. to you and where they've said that to me rather than focus on trying to buy someone's perception of being hard working I'll just quietly work really hard totally. and let the opportunities that manifest speak for themselves
0: love that another gem <laughs> um <laughs> so what are your current kind of focuses in your career I know you mentioned obviously the writing and the media work but Yeah, what do you enjoy most about what you're doing currently?
1: I think that all of it's really creative and it's really impactful and meaningful to me. So across my career at the moment, the different things that I do for work include writing my columns, I have my book out, um, I do hosting and social commentating on TV. I think across TV, columns, content, I will say the thing that I like about all of this is What I I'm so grateful to have been able to curate a career where a lot of what I do is centered on what I believe and what I have to say. And so much of it is tied to causes I'm really passionate about. It's either rooted in diversity or inclusivity or advocacy. And the fact that it's there's a fun and glamorous and creative element to it. I really like that. And ultimately what I want to do is build an empire where I get to, you know, one day have my own show and one day. Let us keep this recording because I did this with Miss Universe and with manifesting a book and things like that. But I'm manifesting one day my own show, it's and so remember when I said the thing about don't wait for resources and things like that; just do it. It's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. So it's um, that's probably one of my favorite things because it is more. It's just like a heart passion thing where uh, it's 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 different to anything people have sort of seen from me. So I'm very excited.
0: Oh watch this space.
1: Watch this space.
0: (laughs) Is this kind of where when you were starting out you saw your career going like obviously you said you were driving towards something that allowed you to um, focus on inclusivity and things like that but yeah is this kind of the direction you did see it taking or did you at any stage think that the corporate career was the career for you?
1: (laughs) I genuinely thought a corporate career was for me. I remember I had um a manager gave me this piece of advice that at the time I didn't agree with but now I'm kind of like mm, there was value there I was doing a commercial internship and I was talking to her about how I felt really creative and entrepreneurial and she's like darling a corporate career is not for you because people oh, wow. who are really creative and and at the time I think it was at a time where workplaces weren't as flexible like I'm I think I was like 22 or 23 I'm like 30 now yeah um and back then You know, we've had like a bit of a social digital media revolution. Workplaces are trying to let people do a bit of everything. And back then it wasn't. Mm. So um, I I really thought I was going to do the corporate thing. And the more I progressed in my career, the more I realized, no, I really want to work for myself, but never did I ever think it was going to be this way. And that's the beauty of just trying everything and being open. I think you have to shed the blueprint a little bit and not be so wedded to your plans because you never know what opportunities are around the corner. And I, you know, I only won Miss Universe two years ago. Wow. Life is so different. I never in a million years would have thought I'd be doing the stuff I'm doing now. And living life on my terms and, and comfortably in the way that I am now. So I am very pleasantly surprised and I credit it to a work ethic and being open and willing to take risks.
0: Yes, I love that. Shedding the blueprint you Mm -hmm. you definitely do because realistically whatever you set out to do when you were like 19 like it's it's always going to evolve
1: oh yeah you know what I wanted to do when I was 19 and you're gonna laugh at this because I (laughs) have a journal entry with an illustration because I was just romanticizing my life but I wrote this journal entry at 19 saying this is my life at 25 I'm going to be married to a gorgeous man. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, well, surprise, you're a queer girl. <laughs> you're closeted and you won't accept it. Um, that's number one. Cross that off the list. Yeah. Number two, I said I was going to be a clinical psychologist wow. working in my own practice. I was going to be engaged with a dog living in my own house. None of those things happened. <laughs> I had a relationship breakdown at 25. I just started to explore my sexuality completely threw my hat in the ring for Miss Universe and changed my entire career. Love that. And And then I came out and it was like, you know what? Life is not what the plan is. So I think there's, I've realized that I think the sweet spot is being able to have goals, like smart goals and have a direction, but also not being so rigid that you close yourself off to things.
0: Yes, for sure. And yeah, it was clearly your path and what was meant to happen.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Um, so how has the industry, like both modeling and media changed sort of since you, I guess, became interested in it and started like dipping your toes into it? Cause I know, you know, it is more of a recent thing, but yeah. How do you think you have seen it kind of evolve? Um, I
1: definitely think, We we will see the push for diversity and inclusivity, but I do question sometimes the integrity of that and the rationale Mm. behind it because in 2020 we had the Black Lives Matter movement and we saw so many industries scramble to make things right and some people were genuine and and some organisations were genuine in those efforts, but a lot of it it was performative and you see it with certain brands that posted the Black Tile three years ago. Until today you only ever see, you know, say white, cisgender, able bodied, you know, like people who have traditionally been represented. Yeah. Um and and I think, you know, it's seeing diversity of body sizes at Fashion Week, but also different bodies with different abilities and people with different abilities. Absolutely. That's really important. Um for me, like I think it's changing, but I think that it's not always for the right reasons. And I think in order for things to actually change, it's not just diversity where it's visible, but it's where it's invisible. And that's in the layers of, you know, modeling agencies and and fashion festivals and clothing brands. It's like, who's actually designing the clothes or in production or in casting? Like, are we seeing representation there? Because if we're not, then it's just a bunch of people trying to make decisions on behalf of groups that they don't represent, right? So yeah. for me, like when I started, um, there's no way I would have, like I was constantly being told for my height and my look, my look that was exotic, in other words, like you're not fitting, you know, angle, like Eurocentric perceptions of beauty and things like that. And I was constantly told that's why it was going to be hard to place me. But when I won Miss Universe, um, I started getting those gigs because of who I am, not because of how I present. And to this day, all the modeling jobs that I book, it's not because of how, you know, like I I will accept that I fit conventional beauty standards, but I'm booked because of, you know, what I have to say. I don't, I would never book e-com and and things like that because, you know, the industry Um, I think it still has a way to go. Like it's still told you're too short for one way, you're too short for this or whatever. Mm. I don't really care about it that much anyway because I'm not out to to model. Like I like doing campaigns that are tied to something or whatever it is. Like I don't care to be a model. Um, I'd rather be a role model and I like that the jobs I get are booked for that. So I think the industry is slowly coming along but I I would want to see, you know, like we I'm talking like really marginalized bodies it's like don't put a size 12 on the runway and say we're inclusive it's like there are much more you know larger different like different bodies that we just don't see and I think we need more of that yeah
0: yeah for sure um you know I I have had some experience in the media industry and television as well and yeah even the diversity of stories sometimes it is, like it is getting better but um i mm. think in australia like it's actually kind of horrifying <laughs> How one sided We
1: are we're very behind compared to the rest of the world, I would say. Oh America. Say. Yeah. Um which America is backward in certain ways, but I mean in terms of like representation and diversity, I think Australia could keep up. But also Australia is um, you know, more advanced in different areas. And it's it's just, you know, you can have a nuance when you're talking about these things. If we're purely talking about representation on screen and modelling and things like that, I do think we could catch up a bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure um there's always room for improvement as well yeah You know I'm always on the go juggling projects and the podcast. So my go-to snack on the run are these delicious low sugar balls I've just discovered from Health Lab. I buy the five pack which is super handy because I can throw one in my bag every day. The best part is that they're sweetened only with monk fruit, not any of those nasty sugar alcohols. So I can enjoy any amazing flavor without worrying about my sugar intake. My personal favorite are the milk chocolate peanut brownie balls. Health Lab are also running an epic competition on Instagram. Make sure to give them a follow at healthlab for a chance to win and try their amazing new range for yourself is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. Regardless if you are dealing with stress or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area or really busy. Therapy has always been a useful tool for many of the creatives in my network and is something I'm a huge advocate for. Having someone to talk to can make things a little easier to juggle and helps you to feel more supported. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in my description. It's www.betterhelp.com slash H-D-Y-H. Yeah, your career is a hybrid, Um, a lot of different elements, and you're constantly working with brands, partnerships um tell us about it how all of that works for you um and yeah like what kind of like how you manage all those different partnerships and and the work that you have on
1: yeah well I initially signed with my agency four years ago when I was um doing content creation only I had much less followers um I was getting paid next to nothing to do like beauty videos every now and again and then I told them one day, guys, have applied to Miss Universe and they were like, what, what? <laughs> like what? And I'm like, trust me, trust me, trust me. If it works out, trust me. <laughs> and it did. And so I told them, you know, at the start of my career, this is where I want to go. I want to, I love working with brands and doing social content creation in the categories that I do, but I also want to move into writing. I want to be on TV. Like I told them all of this stuff. So I'm very lucky to have had a team who have gone, yep, yeah, let's get behind you. But a lot of my really long-term partnerships They are brands that worked with me before anything. Like I'll give you an example. Um, So I work with Freddie Jeans as an ambassador. It is now my third year with them. And when I met them, I was just a state finalist for Miss Universe Australia. And I remember they had an in-store event and they really liked my content. Like I would always put heart and soul into everything. Like I treated, if it was a story series, I'm showing them my hosting abilities, how I can speak, how I can do this. It's like it's that mentality of you never know who's watching this and where that can lead you or what it's sort of like coming across as a bit of an interview for even. So when I was working with them in my early days just as a little content creator, um, they I remember invited me in store one day and they said do a story takeover and I was so nervous but I remember just planning for it and researching what their ethos was and how do I integrate those messages into what I'm saying. And on the day I met, um, uh, her name is Nani, she's behind the brand. And she, I remember we just really connected. I felt like she saw me um, genuinely for for what I value and, and the person that I am. And I felt really respected. And so she was really supportive. The team were really supportive. And then I won Miss Universe and I became an official ambassador. And even when my year as Miss Universe was over, they continue to renew because we've been in each other's corner. I love what they do. Mm. It helps that the jeans make my butt look great. <laughs> but that's not just it. It's like I know the people behind the yeah. brand and they've, you know, when you have those relationships with the brand that one you genuinely love, like I'm genuinely a lover of the denim, but also when you have those relationships, they get to be with you as your career evolves they backed me when all I did was make little social media videos now they're with me as I'm on tv I'm an author I've done all these things and they'll continue to be with me and I think that is how I've approached my partnerships it's who saw value in me who really believes in what I have to say let's be good to them because they're good to us and let's have fun in this crazy evolving career and that's how it's been
0: No, that's great that you have like built those relationships that have lasted. This year, you also saw one of your lifelong dreams come to life in the publication of your book, Unbounded, which you have obviously mentioned um, already. But what was the motivation for wanting to write
1: a book originally? It was being eight years old and getting my first journal and just loving the magic of you can materialize anything. And and it's like, I was thinking, like, loved magic and, and believing all that stuff. Like, I used to write spells in that book. But also then I would write things, <laughs> weird kid, that's fine. The best ones are, the best ones are weird.
0: Yeah, I was too, right? don't
1: worry. And so in this journal that I had, I used to write, Um, one week I wanted to be a journalist. So I'd start writing articles on current affairs. And one week I wanted to be an author, so I'd write stories. I even had, like, I had this little phase where I wanted to design ads for fashion companies at eight years old so i draw like well wow. ads and, and things that you would see on a billboard which is so funny because as an adult I do all of those things for work and so I'm a really yeah believer in yes and, and what you write can come to fruition and so when mm. I, I lost touch with the journaling in as I grew a little bit older but at 19 when I had a really bad breakup it was my dad who said at the time, I was studying psychology to be a clinical psychologist, and Dad said, Maria, write down what you're going through because one day you will use this to serve your patients. And whilst that didn't end up being wow. my career path, I ended up journaling. I started at 19. I haven't stopped to this day. I've got books and books and books and all wow. the things I've gone through. And I, having this public career and being so vocal about experiences with financial insecurity or racism or sexism, I know that when I was growing up, I would have really appreciated... Someone being super honest about, hey, I've gone through this, but this doesn't mm. define you. And so for me, it was, I want to write a book that someone else can read and know, actually, I can spark change in my own life. Actually, I can be bigger than the things I can't control. So that was the motivation behind writing Unbounded and, and Connection. I think so many of the things I wrote in there are universal experiences or things that many different people can connect to, irrespective of who they are or where they come from. So, I wanted to put that out into the world because that oh, to me is cool. legacy. And, you know, when a book's out there, you don't know how many lives it's going to touch. I just hope that Unbounded does that. It just continues to have impact.
0: If people do want to read your book, where can they find it as well?
1: If people want to read Unbounded, they can get it on Audible. Amazing. I um, record an audiobook. And they can also get it at all good bookstores, you know. So, it's, um, and if you're international, Perfect. book depository.
0: Uh So, just going back a little bit to, you know, obviously you have worked in the digital space for quite some time. How do you think that the digital world and, um, you know, the media, how it intertwines with that as well, um, can impact like the work that you're doing and like, you know, I, I guess some of those online narratives and, you know, cancel culture and things like that. Like how do you think that changes yeah the way that you work and the way that you operate?
1: Well, it does because now we're we're living in a world where people are getting booked because of built-in audiences and our ability to magnetise, you know, engagement and things like that. And so across my social platforms, I have half a million people following across TikTok and Instagram. And so and that, that listen and that know you. And so when I do, say, TV gigs or I'm writing things or I'm asked to speak or guest or host, it's like, People know they're also tapping into that audience, yeah. and so that is, you know, currency in in this day and age. But also, as far as cancel culture goes, I really don't. I don't like to subscribe no. to that. I think that some things, yes, obviously, if people make really, really, really harmful mistakes and they're not remorseful, they're not apologetic, some people should lose cultural cachet. But I feel that with with cancel culture, and I think especially for people in the media, it's important to role model that yes, you can mess yeah. up too, and. If if we held everybody to the standard of you make one mistake, that's it, you're done, no one would no, ever get out unscathed. True. We all mess up big time and I think it's important to show how you learn and you evolve from it because that's what humans do. We fuck up, we learn, we get better or you don't. Um, but I think it's it's giving people the opportunity to sort of say, um, okay, like I've messed up and show it role model, accountability, responsibility, how you do better. So I'd rather favour that than sort of going, I don't like what you have to say. I disagree with you. You've made a mistake. That's it. You're done. I don't agree with that. No.
0: It must be hard working in that space, though, and and having people weigh in and that sort of external noise around what you're always doing. Like is that that's something you sometimes want to kind of step away from or shut off from, or I guess how do you manage that relationship? Because that's something I that comes up with pretty much every guest I've had is that it's such a different space now and it, it can it like it has its whole own set of new yeah,
1: challenges as well. It really does. And I feel like one when I first started out in this space, because I started on social media building a community, engaging with people directly in the DMs. When I started to build a platform like Miss Universe or TV stuff, if people had opinions, I would give them the time. And even when it was negative, I would try and then use it as teachable moments, but it started Mm. to get too much. And I think what happens online is people have parasocial relationships with
0: public figures
1: or celebrities or influencers. And if you give a little, suddenly people think they're entitled to everything. And for me, Mm -hmm. for example... I put up um, a poll where I was talking about um, this new project that I've got, and I've said if you could hear me talk about anything, what would it be? And I had a, a, a few messages from one person saying, um, <laughs> one was, you know, "I'm you know broken up with my ex partner," and it was, "We saw your ex partner a few times so now, we get nothing. Explain why." Then the next one was tell us why you're so smart and successful and pretty, you still haven't found the one. Tell us why like literally like-
0: It was a bit much, It was a yeah. bit much.
1: And then it's like, oh, did I miss the memo? Like people will like literally message and be like, tell us why things didn't work out with your partner or whatever. And yeah, it's like, like, which is- Yeah, it's, it's sort of not respecting. not up. It's not just up to me. It's like there's yeah. another person in that situation. And so for me, the way I deal with it is I just put boundaries in place if somebody is being aggressive or it's compromising my mental health or whatever it is, I don't have to hold a space for it. I don't owe you anything. So I'm very happy blocking and deleting, very happy ignoring. And now I just, I, in my mind, I've reconciled with myself. I don't owe people anything. No. Boundaries. And it's,
0: yeah, it's, you know, it's a big one. Even if you, from what, you know, if you've got a small following to a huge following, like that is part of it. And it's, it's managing that relationship and also like, whether that's taking some time away from your phone yeah. every day and just giving yourself that mental space. Yeah. Um, and so how do you like structure your weeks? You obviously like have a lot of things on the go. Do you have like a bit of a routine and structure or do you, or do you like prefer to, you know, work differently each day? Like, yeah. How do you manage that?
1: I, I do like to work differently each day. So what I do is, um, I have set days during the week for this new upcoming project. Yeah. Um, And I also have days where I don't do any client-facing stuff because for my mental health, as somebody who is a bit more of an ambivert, I do need days where I'm not constantly, like, engaging with people. Yeah, for sure. So my management and I know that I've got a couple of days where I can do admin or emails. I don't have to put makeup on. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, And then I have days where I go on and I do this other project. And then the rest is, you know, content days, tv days everything's locked in and That's i would say great. like i like my days to be different i use project management techniques that i learned in corporate where i've got these big projects like i had a three on the go at the moment and i break oh, them wow. down to
0: like,
1: allocate it to days i know when i need to hit certain timelines like it's very organized
0: love that uh, <laughs> one thing
1: i like to make sure that i do is make time for exercise four yes. times a week absolutely I like a pilates and in the morning, I like to meditate morning and night. And that's probably the only thing I'm going to say. I will carve out time for this every day. The rest, I like my days to be different, but I know what I'm doing in advance always.
0: Love that. God, you are such a powerful woman. <laughs> oh,
1: no, you've got to be like, You do.
0: You've <laughs> got to be I'm organized.
1: Like, girl, yeah. you cannot, like, you've got to be so organized. I know what I'm doing for the next yeah. like, four months. Like, it's just. And that's fine. Like I like my life to be busy and, and, you know, to keep up with this stuff you've got to be. I have a really great team that helps me do it. Um, and they also are really strict on if they can tell that I'm getting a little bit under the weather or the mental health stuff. They will say to me, you need to take time off like this weekend.
0: Oh, that's so important.
1: Yeah. Like I've got a massive week this week, but from Friday to Sunday, I'm switching off and I'm just going away for the weekend and I'm really excited about it. So it's like, you know,
0: it's amazing, yeah, so important and something I talk about, you know, obviously this podcast is called How Do You Hustle but really um, increasingly like I just like to hear how people manage their self-care because it's, you know, yes, nothing's worth burning yourself to the ground over. Um, as an advocate, you know, you've mentioned um, that you do advocate for a lot of causes. Like is there anything that you're particularly – um, you know, especially interested in or that's especially important to you in
1: that space? Yeah, there are a few things. So I, um, and it's funny, because when you do something like Miss Universe, you need to have an advocacy, because ultimately, you're going to be a global ambassador. And for me, it's like, I, I remember thinking, damn, like, there's just so many things I care about. Ultimately, it's all mm-hmm. about inclusion. And so I said inclusion, because that encompasses, you know, talking about Um, diversity when it comes to ethnicity it includes uh, inclusion when we're talking about people of various sexual or gender identities inclusion of people with different abilities and so I love broadly speaking about representation because it's talking about the need to see all of us like we all deserve to see ourselves in powerful spaces as belonging as being important as loved and valued I love that for me I usually do that from um, a diversity perspective when talking about you know, racial differences, because that's my lived experience um, as a woman of colour in Australia. But also I love talking about LGBTQIA plus rights because I feel growing up in a very conservative household, uh, I didn't even understand myself. And I know that my life has changed so much since being able to come out and we're living in a time where LGBTQIA plus rights are being rolled back in certain parts of the world and they're still yeah. not granted in certain parts of the world. So I will fearlessly and and really, really fiercely advocate for that. Um, but also ovarian cancer research. Um, my great-grandmother passed away from ovarian cancer research. My grandmother passed away from a gynecological cancer. And for people who are assigned female at birth, because it's not just women who get ovarian cancer, but for those assigned female at birth, you know, like health for people under that umbrella, it's often underlooked, undervalued, underfunded. And ovarian cancer is one of those things. And it's killing people with ovaries at you know crazy rates. And it's the most lethal gynecological cancer. So I'm very, very passionate about that too. And I guess, yeah, I will lend my voice to things that I feel it's appropriate for me to speak on based on my lived experience. Um, And those are the three things that I really am very, very passionate about.
0: I love that. Obviously, on this podcast, it's something um, that's extremely important to me as well. So, if anyone would like to um, find you online, find you on social media, on your various channels, or um, any any of your other kind of um, projects as well, where can they go online?
1: Uh, if you want to follow and, and and you know follow along, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. It's just Maria Tatil. I have a website um, new project coming out and, um, you can even see stuff on YouTube. I'm sort of just across everywhere. Just type my name up.
0: Amazing.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: What a woman that was such a great chat. I really loved and got a lot out of that chat. Uh, make sure you check out her book and her new project as well. Follow her socials, as she says, uh, to keep up with everything that's going on with that. Thank you for listening. It's been so nice to have you join me and stay tuned for some really great episodes we have coming up. We have episodes about building your business digitally. We have an old guest coming back on the show and some other really exciting new guests. You can also follow us on all our social media channels at How Do You Hustle. And don't forget, if you do love our podcast, to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll talk to you all really soon.